In our epistle today, we hear talk about the wall that divided humanity. And the idea that this wall was broken down by Jesus, bringing peace within humanity and access to God. What is the wall? The wall is the law, which the Jewish people were supposed to observe and which the Gentiles did not. The law originally comes from the Ten Commandments, and these commandments exist as a gift from God to make God's people holy, separate, governing how a community is to live together, a a basic set of rules in place to help a community form moral and ethical standards. Most of all, though, the law is a gift from God allowing one's whole life to be a living sacrifice to God, coming at a time when a majority of the world did not even believe in the one true God. The law begins to develop and starts taking shape in various laws we find in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and then more ideas about the law begin to take shape, and we have to have a hierarchy in place, of course, to oversee and administer the law, and then we wind up with further study and interpretations of the law, with the Mishnah and the Talmud, and centuries of development serve to create this fixation on living the law, not so much as a way of making one's life a sacrifice to God, but as a way of following a set of prescribed rules in order to be right with God, to be in with God, to be okay with this perceived taskmaster. So humanity is unable to honor the gracious intent of the law. Rather, the law becomes a way of keeping people out, excluding others from God. Essentially, the people of God say, you do not follow our laws, therefore you are outside of God's grace. And so this wall is built, and hatred among groups begin to develop. This epistle points out the, the Ephesians were once considered separate and on the wrong side of that wall. Even within the Jewish nation, there are divisions and disagreements over the translation of laws, and more walls and more separation follow as a result. So instead of God's people becoming a light to the nations, we see an image of people in separation, isolated from other nations, isolating their own people from God. The death and resurrection of Christ marks a seismic shift in the way we view God's grace and how we live our lives. No longer do we need to live a life based solely on a list of commandments and ordinances that lead to this way of exclusion. These commands, these ordinances are not the end-all, be-all of living. Jesus shows us the way by offering God's peace and God's grace to all who will have it, even those once considered outside the boundaries of God's grace. Jesus actually lives the law in its fullest, living his life as complete sacrifice to God. The cross is part of that offering to God, a culmination of a life given to God, of a life lived in sacrifice to God. The cross smashes the wall of separation built by excessive legalism. Now, all have access to God, Jew, 
and Gentile alike through Christ. We all have access to forgiveness and love. We are all free to live life without fear of honoring a perceived taskmaster. Rather, by taking on Christ, we can live freely, giving to others, making our lives a meaningful body of work, of sacrifice to God. We can bring hope hope into the world. We can bring inclusion to the excluded. That's the gift we have through the cross. Are we honoring it? Are we honoring that gift? In some cases, I would say yes. We can see the progression of acceptance and integration in many ways by people of different racial, ethnic, social, economic, and educational backgrounds. The church has contributed to many of these developments made with real sacrifice in the spirit of honor, spirit and honor of love. We've made progress, no doubt, but we still have much work to do. There's still international tribalism that threatens all of us. There are still issues of race, sexism, class, human sexuality, things that divide us. On a global and national scale, there's much to be done. But just as grievous are the divisions we still build within our own church, within the body of Christ, where legalism still exists and it still hurts. We still build walls and we still create boundaries for those who are seeking God. I have a friend who was raised Baptist, but he was never baptized. And he was born into a family of churchgoers, but he was skeptical. He never got himself baptized. He never felt that he could make that leap with integrity. And his wife was born into a family of Episcopalians, but they rarely went to church, and she was never baptized. And Carrie and I visited them a couple summers ago. Now, typically when we get together, after the kids get down, we have these long, fun discussions over a couple cocktails after dinner. These conversations include politics, social issues, and even really meaty topics like conspiracy theories. Although I don't think we've ever touched the Da Vinci Code yet. (laughs) However, we never really have spoken about the fundamental beliefs of our faith. And it seems that now, since I've been to seminary and become a priest, that all my friends, eventually, somewhere along the line, are a conversation. They want to start asking me questions about God. And so this trip was no exception. And so I started feeling many questions about baptism and communion and the Bible. And like I said, my friend, he's, he's very bright, but he never bought in to Christianity. He's skeptical. And he wants to believe. So as I pressed him and talked talked to him further, he would say to me, I really would like to believe this. Who wouldn't want to believe this? It would all be great if it was true. He wants to believe. He wants to understand. Now, what made this conversation so remarkable to me is that my friend and his wife were actually going to an Episcopal church at the time. They'd never made definitive steps towards baptism or communion, but clearly the Spirit was working within them. And what was disappointing about this was that in their time attending this particular parish, they learned so little about faith. 
Instead, they learned more about current disputes in our church. They were up to date on all the buzzwords, liberals, conservatives, orthodox, revisionists, Gene Robson, African bishops. It was sad to me. Here was a couple who have had a lot of difficulties in their life. They have two children. And they've been seeking God. And they've been seeking the hope in the world found in God. And instead of finding hope and redemption, they were getting lectures on schism. They were getting more insight on church polity than the gospel. They were in a church with two camps, building wall separation, and they were asked to choose a camp rather than to choose Christ. How much more could they have benefited through witnessing God's grace in community? How much more could they have benefited by witnessing a community striving to love, to include, to live a life in sacrifice to God? How much more could the community have benefited It's been two years since that visit, since my friend's experience in that church. And Carrie and I just visited them again this summer, and they still, they still don't go to church. That wall kept them out. Although the Spirit is still working within them, and I think there's still hope of eventually getting them to the baptismal font someday. The church is the body of the living Christ. Although it is imperfect because of our imperfections, the church is the presence of Christ in the world, offering the perfect sacraments of baptism and Eucharist. And it's easy for us to forget this because we spend so much time arguing and dividing the body rather than reflecting on how we have become one in Christ. Indeed, our behavior builds walls and prevents seekers from fully becoming a part of that body. And things will probably get more turbulent in the coming weeks and months in light of the inevitable chatter that's going to come up. It always comes up after general convention. And the Anglican Communion and the Episcopal Church may look different in the coming years. Yet, we who are here will have the opportunity to teach and to engage the world around us. We have a wonderful opportunity. We can spend our time breaking down the walls of separation by what we teach and how we live and inviting others to seek Christ in our community, in our church home, inviting people to receive the perfect sacraments of the living Christ. We can say no to the sound bites and the rhetoric and focus on the freedom given to us in the gospel and build up those who are on the margins encouraging those who have been living in the mainstream, accepting those who were once rejected. We can help God change lives. Christ broke down the wall of separation through the cross 2,000 years ago. All have access to God in Christ. And that should be enough to keep us going for the rest of our lives.